Welcome to the e-commerce disruptors podcast, where alongside digital marketing experts, we give you our best tips, techniques, and insights on how you can be a disruptor in your industry. Hi, welcome to e-commerce disruptors presented by electric engine, where we give you the tips, techniques, and advice to help you disrupt your industry. I'm Noel Lopez with e-commerce disruptors. And today our guest is Phoebe Yu, founder and CEO of Etitude, uh, which is a sustainable betting brand, which launched in Australia in 2014 and in the U.S. in 2017. So Phoebe, if you'd be so kind, please, uh, please say hello to our listeners. Yeah. Hi. Hello, everyone. Um, very um, excited to be on this podcast. Fantastic. And Phoebe, again, thank you for, for, for being on. And before we get into it, we're going to quickly get to know you in just a few, you know, 60 seconds. Uh, are you up for it? Um, cool, yes. Yeah. So I, um, I'm Phoebe, the founder and CEO of Attitude. I started Attitude uh, a couple of years back in Australia. Um, when I moved from China to Australia years ago, I um, find this, uh, this, this market gap and opportunity that there's no um, sustainable betting options on the market. Though there are new uh, direct-to-consumer uh, betting brands popping up and doing really well, but they are still using uh, conventional cotton um, or linen, uh, those traditional materials. While there's a lot of uh, textile innovation happening in the fashion industry, but there's really nothing interesting happening in the betting industry. Like people are brands are not utilized a new development in textile um, technology to make their products functional better um, or more sustainable. So with my uh, former ex experiences in, in the textile space um, and as a consumer looking for more sustainable products myself, I think there is um, a market opportunity there. So that's why I spent years on um, testing and refining our fabric and eventually launched uh, Attitude um, in Australia in 2014 and it all grows um, start from there. So that's, that's amazing. And it's very interesting that uh, betting, what made you think that you, you really wanted to go in there into that space and, and grow it out and, and essentially disrupt it? Yeah, but I think because um, the sleep is such an important part of our life. Uh, I think now these days people realize that more before people probably didn't think about it. That will impact your health that much. Um, and talking about sleep, people usually think, oh, yes, mattress or your pillows, yes, they are or make an impact, but actually sheets being that actually direct to your uh, skins, um, it's actually make a big difference uh, if you are, are you having the proper sheets. Is that very breathable? Is that super soft? Um, is that um, organic, uh, healthy for your skins? Especially being myself, like I'm a more natural sleeping people so there's nothing between me my skin and my sheets so that's super important to me um yeah i even bring our own sheets our travel sheets when i travel because you also hear those horror stories that in even five-star hotel they might not clean their sheets that much or if you still stay in an airbnb you don't really know you know um how they clean their sheets so peace of mind i bring our own um, travel sheets with me because i travel a lot <laughs> yeah Absolutely. And it's funny that, um, that you mentioned so many people do actually look towards their mattress and, and pillows and, and sheets are, are, are so important. I know for myself, I, I ended up buying the purple mattress because uh, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd heard so many good reviews about it, but uh, the, the sheets were an afterthought for me for such a long time until eventually I, I, I did purchase um, some sheets that I, I very much enjoy. So 
uh, it's crazy how you found the opportunity to really uh, drive down into that. And even even looking at attitude, your your brand has it has expanded even from sheets into uh, into clothing now. Can you tell us a little bit about how how you made that decision? Yes, that's actually the clothing is more for us now is sleepwear. So it's like a very natural extension. It's actually our customers asked for that because uh, we got reviews or customers email us or um, message us on Facebook. Hey, your, your sheets is so comfortable. The material is so soft. Uh, we sometimes, you know, launch, you know, just wrapping your sheets, launch in a launch room. Can you actually make proper sleepwear or loungewear for us. I think, yes, for sure. Um, same fabric, it's more a different cotton. So, um, so that's a natural extension. And especially these days, especially younger generation, millennials, Gen Z, they spend way more time in their home because of the flexible working culture these, these days. Many people work from home. So they actually spend a lot of time in their lounge room. So they actually really enjoy to, you know, wear, wear our sleepwear and doing work at the same time. So that's like a very natural extension and many of our products all develop actually from the direct feedback from our customers. They will tell you what they want uh, and then you go develop for them. And of course they will spend money and buy it. So it's, it's such a no brainer for product development. Just listen to your customers. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. And that, that really is the best way to evolve your brand. And it's it, mm-hmm. like you said, it's a no brainer. Unfortunately, people seem to, to overlook that. Yeah. Um, but but I completely agree. It is a natural extension, and it's it's great to see how you've been able to grow that out and, and really begin to own that space. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what is it like being the founder of a multinational e-commerce brand? I, yeah, it is very exciting and also very fulfilling. You learn so much. We have a, a very diversified team and across, across two continents. So we have office in Melbourne, Australia, which are the original Australian team. Um, and also, we quickly grow our USA team in Los Angeles. Uh, and then the interaction between the two teams is really great. Uh, we talk to each other every day. You know, we in the modern technology use Google Hangouts, Zoom, um, Slack, we keep communication. And we all come from different culture background, uh, which is super helpful, which basically we are like a small or concentrated representative actually of our customers or our employees. Yeah. Um, so, so we are our customers ourselves. Um, yeah, that's super, super fun to, to work on this. And do you find it's interesting your, your, your team is, is split up, again, that, that multinational component. Mm-hmm. How do you find coordinating those teams? Is, is there ever a problem with, with that, that time, uh, the timing there? Or, or have you guys really worked a, a strategy out to, to get around that? Yeah, it's all a learning curve, but from and they were before when I was thinking which city will base our US office, we choose Los Angeles because of the time difference is better than New York. So East Coast will be more challenged to really yeah. keep the two two team to talk daily, but with Los Angeles time zone, every day working day we will have a solid three to four hours working hours that are workable. Um, so that's super helpful. And also we have, uh, many all hands meetings, like the old team, all hands meetings, we have marketing all hands meetings or logistic. So we constantly, the two team are, you know, talk together. The meetings, no need to be long, could be 30 minutes. Um, but then it's like, then people was aware of what the other team members are working on. Um, yeah. And also uh, right now I have, we have already sent uh, Australian team members sometimes to come here. Um, 
to work uh, a few weeks with the US team that also helped for the, the actually physical face-to-face -face time. Um, yeah, so far, so it's working well. So, so, so I know you're not supposed to pick favorites, but if you did mm -hmm. have to pick a favorite location, <laughs> what would you say it is? <laughs> I do enjoy living in Los Angeles now because it's Southern California. There's always sunshine. I'm a, I'm a summer person um, type of personality. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad I'm avoiding um, the Australian winter right now. Um, uh, and I'm the same way. I love the summer. Uh, definitely live for it. So mm -hmm. for, for your website, can you mm -hmm. tell us um, what e-commerce platform you're currently on and, and have you used different platforms? And if so, which is your favorite? Yeah, we are on Shopify Plus right now. We switched to that two years ago from BigCommerce. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and before BigCommerce, it's more like a local Australia software company, very small scale. It's kind of the early days, e-commerce even, e-commerce early days a bit clunky. And then we find BigCommerce. At that time, it's, um, it's meet all the needs we, 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 we have at that time. But because we grow quickly and then we find Shopify, especially the Shopify Plus, have more apps that you can utilizing, um, more flexibility, uh, just more apps integrated with Shopify, especially in the Plus side. So we were quite happy with Shopify Plus right now. And, and Shopify, that, that's, it's such a, a cra it's crazy to see how quickly they've grown over mm -hmm. the year. They're, they're a $42 billion company at this point. Um, yeah. And, and it's, it's, we, we see a lot of our clients are, are coming with that recommendation. Uh, even if, if they don't have really understanding or experience within e-commerce, they know that's the platform to go to. And one mm -hmm. thing that, that you mentioned that we find extremely important when uh, creating a Shopify website is thinking about the apps that you can implement and mm -hmm. how, how many apps they do have for you. What would you say are a few of the apps that, that you, that you use? Yeah. A, a few important apps. Uh, one is like the back to stock apps or the pre-order apps. Cause as a quick growth start, sometimes we do have the problem of some items will go out of stock because we grow quicker than we are producing, which is a good problem to have. So have that two apps, then you, you can still capture those sales. You're not losing those customers. So the back in stock, basically, if customers see something out of stock, they can be prompt to put in their email address. And once that thing back in the stock, the system will automatically send them an alert. Hey, this and that back in stock, you can come back and buy. So that really recruited a lot of sales for us. Um, and then the pre-order um, apps is also if we have new product launch or something we know will be back in stock, say, in two weeks, then we can put them on pre-order. Then people can um, pre-order that knowing they will receive that maybe in two weeks. Um, so that also helps really uh, improve the conversion rate even when you're out of stock. So that's two. Actually, they're quite cheap apps, but they really make a difference on, on yeah conversion rate. Oh, yeah. I can imagine the return on your investment is... is yeah. You're, you're recouping all those sales that you mm -hmm. otherwise would have lost. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I can only imagine that the, the percentage there is, is pretty high. Yeah. They, they had the intense and, and mm -hmm. to be able to come back and deliver that mm -hmm. is, is priceless. Yeah. So aside from, from that app, are there any additional apps that, that you feel are, are really important to, to the website and the experience? Uh, we also use Gorgeous, which is a customer service app. Um, so at the team, uh, our customer service just seem quite like it, uh, cause kind of it's actually very simple to use intuitive, uh, and it, it can 
bring all the channel, how we, how we communicate with customers these days, you should be at how your customer want to communicate with you. Either they want to, you know, message you, um, send email or Facebook message you where it can, you know, bring all those that into one interface. Uh, so that's also super helpful. We are in the process of launching Navar, which is more like a return, but also very um, sophisticated one. So we had been developing that for months, but it should be soon launched. So it's also actually used the return exchange opportunity to, to have a better UX experience for consumers and also actually make it a remarketing channel. So be excited to see how that works out once it's actually launched. Um, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Definitely excited for for attitude and to see how that, that impacts your bottom line. I'm sure mm-hmm. it, it's going to be phenomenal. And, and you, you mentioned one important thing yeah. is really want to communicate with your consumers in, in the way they, they communicate, they want to communicate, but also yeah. where they communicate. And yeah. uh, you mentioned Facebook and, and Facebook is so powerful in that sense that you can have that type of outreach, that communication through, uh, mm-hmm. through chatbot and, 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 that drip sequence, so to speak, you can keep providing them with offers, uh, which mm-hmm. becomes a, a huge opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're also testing an app called Octane AI, which is also specific about Facebook chatbot messenger. Uh, so we are still on trial because you also need to build quite a sophisticated, as I said, the dripping message. So we're still uh, learning. Uh, another few apps are, as I, like customer reviews, also super important. So we use Yodable. Really helpful because we have amazing reviews, um, so that that's super helpful. Uh, and then we use Clavio uh, for our email um, campaigns and Privy for the pop-up email pop, you know, outside when you people hey leave your email address and we'll send you new product deals. So I think these are essential toolbox for us that we really cannot run a store without those. Yeah, yeah and I, I couldn't agree more. Privy, Clavio, all, all of these are, are important for that marketing component and, and keeping mm-hmm. that in very clean, orderly, but also automating a lot, a lot of the process. So mm-hmm. uh, your, your team or, and yourself are not tripping over trying to, to continue that, that drip and, and that mm-hmm. outreach. Yeah. So how do you as a, uh, how do you handle brand awareness? as a startup business. I know you've been around for a little bit of time, but um, you're, you're a disruptor and, and a startup. How do you, how do you handle that? Um, I think uh, PR was still important. Uh, and because um, our brand um, is about our innovative fabric and sustainability, it's actually media do um, like to spread our stories, which is an advantage. And what we also do have really amazing um, PR people we work with. But and another thing is actually work with other brands. So, so leverage their uh, customer database. So we do a lot of collaboration with like-minded other lifestyle or sustainable brands, organic beauty brands, um, either in the U.S. or Australia. I think that is a really low-cost way um, to be in front of actually a very targeted um, audience. Um, so I think many people might overlook that but that's super powerful to you know collaborate with other brands absolutely it's 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 playing into that lifestyle and mm-hmm. and it's building off of that and and yeah it is true i feel oftentimes brand will brands will miss this opportunity uh 
rather than growing with other brands, they'll, they'll try to isolate themselves, which mm-hmm. feels counterintuitive to, to spreading the message and, and, and getting yourself out there to the public. Yeah. yeah. So, so what would you say are your top advertising channels and, and what kind of traffic or, and conversion do you see from them? I think right now Google Ads and Facebook are 50-50, but then we might start to hit a ceiling with Google because people have to type in the specific keywords. Um, but while Facebook or Instagram ads is a more discovery, so you can basically there's a bigger pool there. Uh, I think so going forward, Facebook and Instagram ads should see more growth than Google ads. Um, but right now it's like... A, uh, for the paid uh, advocates, Google ads and Facebook are the most important two channel, but we also do other like podcast sponsorship, affiliate. Um, yeah. A lot of the other things. And it's interesting. You mentioned the, the with the keywords, how uh, Google and Facebook are fairly, are relatively close, but uh, you mentioned the keywords and, and one thing that, that, I noticed uh, right off the bat is your website is, is really doing well in SEO and winning. You're mm-hmm. ranking uh, number one in number one position for organic bamboo sheets, organic bamboo mm-hmm. bedding, and, and other product-related keywords. Mm-hmm. How do you strategize and develop content that, that really supports your brand? Yeah, so for Australia, I think because we have worked on that a bit longer, we're there a bit longer, so we have worked on the SEO component for since we started. Um, the, so the strategy is about high quality content, very relative. So as I said, these are still a slightly bit niche keywords. Uh, and when Google, the search engine, you really uh, do a good job on um, educating your customer and there's a higher conversion rate, they then rank you very high. And also another strategy is also get backlinks from other high quality website. Don't, usually not the pay like mass outreach that you, you get blacklisted but more yeah through PR so one one thing of PR is actually it's good for SEO because if the media or a blog um, highly authorized to give you give you a feature usually there's a link back so that's that's very helpful and also collaborate with other brands um, they might also give you a backlink that's also and those are of very high quality ones um, so just yeah really put the work there so we also use um, hybrid um, structure so we have in-house team to support on um, the content produced but we also have um, freelancers or agencies kind of work more on s- strategy um, so it's a it's a collective um, effort for the SEO yeah, and I think you mentioned two essential components of SEO that oftentimes people think of SEO and they think of keywords and and mm-hmm. while that is a vital vital portion of it. You, you mentioned backlinks and, and again, that, that content is so vital and the quality of that backlink, making sure that the mm-hmm. backlinks you have are, are not spam, so to speak, and, and that the mm-hmm. domain and trust score are high. So they give you mm-hmm. that, that quality uh, to the website. And then, and then even your content, uh, the blog becomes such a big source for your, mm-hmm. for new incoming, uh, potential consumers that may not know your brand, but you're at, you're answering that question through that blog and, and through curiosity, they, they want to do more research and, and ultimately drive to the website. So yeah, that, exactly. So patience um, is key. Yeah. That you have to take time and effort to build that up. Yeah. It's a, it's a slow game. It's you, you can't mm-hmm. cheat Google. And, and like you said, they're, yeah. 
there are some black people implement black hat t- tactics to get those backlinks, but ultimately it, it, you're mm. cheating yourself. It's, it's not quality. You're not really building up uh, a foundation for your website to actually rank on, on that page one or in that page one position. Yeah. And in either way, it's not just about you can't cheat Google. It's more you can't cheat, cheat consumers because if you're not relevant, even you're ranking for something, number one, and people click through and they find they couldn't find the things they, they are looking for by typing in that search words, then it's a bad experience. And then, you know, the search engine, like they collect those that they will know it if people bounce quickly, you know, away. So in the end of the day, just you know, think from the consumer point of view, while you provide values to, to the consumer, you're serving your consumers and then you will get rewarded by that. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You can't, you can't fake quality. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no shortcut there. Mm. So one question and one, one of the last questions I do have is being multinational, do you find SEO is a little bit trickier in that sense or people searching for your products uh, in, in another way? Yeah, it is. At the, at the beginning, we, we spent a lot of time thinking on, should we have attitude.com and slash AU or keep attitude.com and attitude.com.au separately? So we took the second route. So actually, and because with Shopify Plus, you can actually multiple up to nine um, regional sites with, with just one subscription. Um, because in Australia at that time, we're ranking really well, so we don't want to that bring into the .com and slash AU, which might jeopardize the ranking we already have in Australia. But when we, uh, once we grow bigger and bigger in the U.S., we're also ranking very well now. In future, it's actually possible to bring it aligned into one set, but you say slash AU or slash Europe, um, when you have different, con- you know, it, it's, it's actually a debate. Uh, I think many SEO um, experts all have different opinions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you really, yeah, I, I think that's one question you first you need to ask when you go, you know, to another country about the SEO impact. If you, you say you haven't ranking really well in your home country, then it might be easier to just dot com and slash countries. But if you're already very strong in your own countries, you know, you might, you know, take a two-step um, approach like us. Yeah, and I agree. It's always it's it's an interesting question because each each side has their pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's always fascinating to hear, you know, the approach that those inter, uh, international companies do do want to take and and the reasoning behind it. So mm-hmm. for our listeners out there, do you have any helpful lessons when they are developing their own e-commerce brands or or working with uh, emerging e-commerce businesses? I think one um, advisor will also say, like, when you grow a company, take tons of advice, but then actually ignore most of them because you know your company better. So don't have a ton of advice and try to do everything. All those advice suggest, then you kind of lose focus, always kind of chasing the tail. So absolutely learn, like, from, yeah, podcasts like yours and uh, meetups or startup events, learn a lot what people have been going through people's um, experiences, but then compare your own very, you know, unique products you're developing, the, the, your company, cultures, your missions, and then to, to decide what you want to do and kind of stick to it. Um, don't kind of constantly change ideas just because some people give you some advice. So definitely listen to that, but really think really hard is that piece of advice viable to your business before you do anything? 
Yeah. And I, I think that really nails it on the head. There's so much changing with e-commerce mm-hmm. and what you can do. So to have that strong core foundation, but also be flexible enough to adapt is, is vital to, yeah. to, to really growing, especially as an e-commerce brand, uh, as an e-commerce business and, and making sure that you have that longevity and, mm. and that you do grow uh, such as Etitude has. Yeah. All right. So uh, Phoebe, I do want to say again, thank you so much for teaching us, teaching us about your journey and, and building attitude and, and into the business it is today. Uh, for our listeners, uh, did want to say thank you for tuning into e-commerce disruptors. Please, please subscribe and comment. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at electric engine. That's E N J I N or check us out at electricengine.com. For our listeners who are interested uh, in Etitude, please uh, check them out at Etitude.com. That's E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E.com. Amazing products from uh, sheets to sleepwear and anything you need to to get a great night's rest. Yeah, I also have a gift for your listeners. So if you just use Disruptors as a code, you'll get 20% off store-wise. And it works both on Australian side and US side. So just Disruptors or in uppercase. All right. Fantastic. So uh, thank you again, Phoebe. Appreciate that. That's amazing. And it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. It was a pleasure um, to speak to you today. All right. Thank you. This has been the e-commerce disruptors podcast presented by electric engine subscribe today to stay up to date on all future episodes. Please follow us at electric engine on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or shoot us an email at podcast at electric That's engine spelled E N J I N. Feel free to leave us any comments or questions about this episode and let us know what you'd want to hear in future episodes until next time. Thanks for listening.